0: Welcome to Kicking It with Colette. I am your host, Colette. And this is the podcast where I invite you into the thoughtful conversation happening in my head and hopefully inspire you to have some thoughts of your own. Thinking is one of the most powerful things that we can do as human beings. So here's your opportunity. Let's kick it. I feel the need to clarify something I said in my last episode. I said, you are free to do whatever you want because the price has been paid. Talking about Christ paid the price on when he died on the cross. And within context, I was talking about the verse that says all things permissible, but not all things edify. What I'm trying to say is even though you can do whatever you want, you, you shouldn't. But also, I want to clarify. I want to be clear that I'm not talking about hyper grace. If you don't know what I'm talking about, hyper grace is is this notion that you are free to sin and do whatever you want to do because God is going to forgive you anyway. That is not what I'm talking about. I am not advocating promoting lawlessness and I'm not telling you to be out here acting loose. Not what I'm saying at all. Because that's a that's a dangerous zone if you think you can just do whatever and God's just going to forgive you and it's going to just keep going. No. See, God forgives repentant hearts. He forgives people when you are truly sorry for what you did, when you have recognized that you have done wrong and want to do better, and you ask for forgiveness, that's, that's the forgiveness of God right there. So you can't say, I'm sorry to God with your fingers crossed behind your back, because God is not to be fooled. So with that being said, in this episode, I want to talk about freedom. It's a concept I've been really thinking more deeply about recently, and I recently heard a The most profound concept of freedom that I'd ever heard. I was watching an episode of Now with Natalie on YouTube. It's uh, on YouTube, but it's also part of the Hillsong channel. And she was interviewing Dr. A.R. Bernard. Dr. A.R. Bernard is a noted pastor, author, a really awesome guy. And he said in this interview that freedom needs boundaries to stay free. And then he went on to say, the greatest threat to freedom is freedom. And I was like, wow, that's quite a profound statement there. Freedom needs boundaries in order to stay free. And the greatest threat to freedom is freedom. So it's like when you are free to do whatever you want, the the biggest threat to not be able to be free anymore is doing something horrible that you were allowed to do before. Now, I think about this also in terms of self-control. Now, I used to work with teenagers at my church for many years, and some of them would be like, oh, I don't have any self-control. And they may be talking about like eating Doritos or something like that. But then I'd say to them, well, if you don't have self-control, then who is controlling you? Then who or what is controlling you? Because the fact of the matter is something is. And if you cannot exercise self control, you will always be at the mercy of an outside force controlling you. Now think about it, if you don't have self control or if you don't have correct boundaries uh growing up and you say you start acting out in school, acting crazy because you have no self control, you gotta say whatever you want, et cetera, et cetera, then you're gonna then you'll be in detention and you're going to constantly be in trouble. And when you become an adult, if you don't have boundaries, if you don't have the proper mind of self-control, the government, your job, other other entities out here will will end up controlling you. Okay, so if you don't have self-control, self-discipline, you're always going to be at the mercy of another outside force. If you don't have self-control to not jump over the counter and take everything out the register... Well, now the government, now the the laws, the judicial system will have control of yourself and you'll be in jail because you couldn't do it. So the greatest threat to freedom is freedom. If you don't know how to properly navigate that freedom, you will lose it. And A.R. Bernard, he went on to say that. You have to have core values so that you can trust yourself. Trust yourself to draw the lines, to make the decisions, to create the boundaries, to protect yourself. And that's so profound because when you have your core values and you make sure every decision that you make circles around those core values, um, then you have, you have freedom within those bounds when you step outside of the boundaries of your own core values, it's going to have a negative effect on your life. And it may cause you to lose some bit of freedom somewhere. Uh, Let's say if you have the core value of trust and you felt in your spirit that "Ah, I don't think I can trust this person. And then you did it anyway. And now you end up getting robbed, but you should have listened to your own core value before. Um, Noting that this person is not trustworthy, so I should not enter into this agreement with them, et cetera, et cetera. And now you've lost a bit of freedom in an area. Um, And of course, I can't help but to think about the nation right now. There's a, a group of people that feel very strongly that COVID guidelines are an attack on their individual freedom. Now, personally, I think that mindset is ridiculous and selfish, but that's neither here nor there. But let's apply the concept of needing boundaries to stay free to uh, what's happening now pertaining to COVID. So let's say that America has core values and the core values of America are are life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Now. In keeping those core values in mind, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, you know, these apply to uh, everyone, all of America, right? It only makes sense for the CDC or whomever, some sort of governing force, to print out guidelines in order for everyone to be able to continue to live, to have life, and to have liberty, and to be able to pursue happiness, Because when you are sick on your deathbed, you cannot do any of those things. Now, if, and I talked about this before, your rights to swing your fist ends when another person's nose begins. So when my rights infringe on your rights, then we have a problem. So that's why, you know, wearing a mask is not necessarily an infringement on your own personal rights. It's allowing You to keep your rights while the other person keeps his or hers also. Okay, so by protecting yourself and others from getting the virus, you protect them and you uphold their right to have life, liberty, and to be able to pursue happiness. You know, having guidelines to wear masks, to stay a distance, to not open this type of business or to operate differently is protecting everyone's right. Uh, to life, liberty, and to pursue happiness, and it's giving us that sort of freedom. Now, it's when we don't do these things because we're "quote unquote" free not to, and and we had and we saw that in March, or we've seen it in other countries where the virus. And I mean, we're seeing it now in certain cities where the virus is just rampant. You know, hundreds and thousands of people dying a day. Hundreds and thousands, not hundreds of thousands. So don't be mad at me. Hundreds and thousands of people dying a day because they were free, or someone thought it was a good idea to be free to do whatever they want. Does that make sense? Um, maybe not. But just think on these things. As I mentioned, I used to work with the teenagers at my my church, and I really loved it. <laughs> Fun times. It's definitely a calling, 13 to 18 year olds, but a lot of fun. And I remember one particular time I did a teaching, and this was probably my favorite teaching that I've ever done. But I taught on boundaries. And I felt it was important to talk about boundaries with teenagers because, of course, when you're a teenager, you think, oh, I, I wouldn't be able to go out and do stuff. I wish I was grown up so I can drive a car and do whatever I want. Nah. And then you get old and realize, yeah, that's that's not really a thing. Um, never really get to do whatever you want. But anyway, I was teaching them about boundaries and that how boundaries are a good thing because the same walls that keep you in keep bad things out. So I tried to my attempt was to to flip their perspective on boundaries and to realize that boundaries are a protection. And I believe that's what A. R. Bernard was was saying too, that you, you create these boundaries as a, as a protection. When you're young, your parents create the boundaries to protect you. When you get older, you learn to create them yourself to protect yourself. And I explained that boundaries are different for everyone. Now, certain things doesn't mean it's bad, but it may be a boundary for you. Uh, Again, going back to those core beliefs, or even if you want to pursue a certain thing, you need certain boundaries around that. And boundaries are also personal. Everyone does not need to know your boundaries. Unfortunately, everyone is not all integrified and everybody does not have your best interests at heart. So some people knowing your boundaries uh, could give them an unfair advantage over you. And that is not what you want. But so I was explaining boundaries to the to the kids and saying, you know, everyone has different boundaries. And I gave the example. uh, There were three girls in the audience that day, and I know they all played an instrument. One played the flute. The other two played uh, string instruments. Um, Now, I talked about boundaries. Now, the one girl that played the flute, and I said, now, let's, example, let's say the three of you are are in a quart, not a quartet, because that's four, three of you are in a group, and you're practicing a song, and you decide to take a break. Now, on your break, I'm talking, speaking to the flute player. I said on your break, are you going to stop and drink a Coke? And she was like, oh, no, of course not. No, you wouldn't. Now, if you play a wind instrument, you don't want to drink Coke or, or juices or anything like that before right before you play your instrument because those sugars and stuff in your mouth when you blow into the instrument it's going to go into the instrument and you're going to cause your valves to stick and you're going to have some issues and it's going to damage your instrument. So every wind player person that plays, every person that plays a wind instrument knows that. Now the other two that play string instruments, they can stop. They can have a coke on their break and it's no problem. Not that coke is bad it's that Coke is not good for that particular situation. So for the flute player, playing drinking a Coke on a break is a boundary. And again, boundaries are personal and they have to do with you, your core values and what you're looking at in life. So even though she has the freedom to drink a Coke, because we're talking about freedom again, she has the freedom to drink a Coke. And honestly, she has the freedom to damage her own instrument if she wants to. But is it good for you? It's not. And then I also think about uh, the scene from Aladdin when at the end of Aladdin, when Jafar is like, "Ah, I'm becoming a genie and I have all the power in the world. And Jafar is like looking like a genie and he's big and red and he's like, ah, I got cosmic power. And like the sun is rotating around his index finger. I don't know. But. He's like, oh, I'm the big genie. And, you know, he's taking over and everyone's scared. Like, oh, no, what is Jafar going to do with all his power? And then Aladdin remembers that all power comes with boundaries. Aladdin remembered boundaries and he saved the day. And he said, oh, yeah, genie. Yes, Jafar, of course you have all power. But, you know, to be a genie, you know, there's. Boundaries. He didn't say boundaries. I don't remember what he said. But at that moment, that's when the golden cuffs slapped onto Jafar's wrist. And then he starts getting sucked into the lamp. And he's like, all power and teeny little bit of living space. (laughs) And to me, that's funny to me, but that's that's what freedom and and boundaries looks like to me. It's remembering that even if you're an all-powerful genie and have the cosmic circle in your you know in your hand you still live in a teeny little living space of a lamp i know that's a silly example but it, it fits it works i was listening to um the devotional with the uh, YouVersion version bible they have this wonderful like stories in the morning it's like a devotional you, know, you read the scripture they have a, a brief video of like some noted pastor or someone talking about the scripture. You read a devotional, you say a prayer, and you get your get your mind right for the day, right? So I was listening to that the other day, and I don't remember the pastor's name. I wrote it down, then conveniently lost the paper. Anywho, he was talking about uh, freedom, again, ironically. So I feel like I totally had to talk about this because all signs were pointing towards Talk about freedom on your podcast, Colette, and I said, you know what? That's a good idea. So here we are. Anyway, he's talking about freedom, and he says that most people think that freedom is the right to do wrong. Ooh, but it's not. It's the right to do right. You know, within Christ, we are we have the right to do the right thing. You know, it's not the it's not the right to do wrong because if you have the right to do wrong, eventually you will no longer have rights. Y'all following me? Okay. So just, just, just track with me here. And then there's this commercial. Years ago, there was this commercial and it was a teenager who was like going about her normal teenage life. She's like standing at her locker. Then all of a sudden she's like being dragged away by this invisible force. And then she's like talking with friends and then she gets dragged away by this invisible force again. Or she's like spending time with her family and she's dragged away from invisible force. Actually, probably not family. Teens don't spend time with their families, but anywho, I digress. But she's getting, keeps getting dragged away by this invisible force. And you're looking at the commercial like, what the heck is happening? And then each time, and then it goes to her outside smoking a cigarette. And she's being dragged away by that nicotine craving. So while you're free to smoke cigarettes, because cigarettes are perfectly legal etcetera et cetera. but when you exercise that freedom to smoke you give her away your freedom to that nicotine habit so she was free to do do the wrong thing whatever but that same thing I also had a hold on her and that's what was dragging her away and it was actually keeping her from living her her full life like everything every time things kept getting interrupted because she needed to smoke breaks she needed the nicotine that bad so again, the you know, boundaries aren't bad. Create that the having the boundary of I'm not going to smoke because it's not good for me. That's a good thing, you know? All things permissible, but not all things edify. Being dragged outside and having the nicotine addiction and smoking does not edify you and it doesn't edify your life, though you're free to do it. It's not good for you. Going back to talking about the nation for a minute. I blame Maybe maybe blame is a strong word, but I feel as though the church has a lot to do with where we are right now with so much division, so much hate, so much even confusion because um, freedom, because the, the truth sets you free, right? You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And also I was listening and I don't remember who said it this time, but they said that truth I think it's the same pastor from you, version. But it said the truth is not a thing, truth is a person. Eh? Okay, follow me. It says Jesus is the way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, so truth is Jesus. And the gospel is good news. Now, going back to the American church, I feel like we have missed it because. Not everyone, and I I don't mean to be—I don't mean to generalize—but the uh, mainstream gospel, uh, what most people know, is one a patriotic gospel. But that, not talking about that right now. But if we don't treat, actually, I am talking about it. If you don't preach a full gospel, it's not fully the truth. And if it's not fully the truth, then the people are not truly and fully set free. And I think that that's what we have now in our nation that we are not free and we think freedom is a right to do wrong and it's not the case. And um, yes, the gospel offers true freedom, you know, freedom from the wrath of God, freedom from hell, freedom from sin and death, freedom from even your own flesh. But people even within the church are still struggling with these things. Because we have not preached a true gospel in order to allow people to be free. Now, you can only set people free when you yourself are free. Although there's a, they're probably saying hurt people, hurt people, right? But I, I, I was thinking the other day, free people, free people. You can only set people free when you, when you are free. If the pastor is not free. How can he set his congregation free? You know? Um, and I also, also think it's important, really important, crucially important to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Because if you're trying to do it through another person, you can only get as much as they have. People can't give you what they ain't got. I know this is bad grammar, but you hear me. And this past week, I had the honor and the privilege of teaching Zoom Bible study <laughs> with my home church. Alright, so side note, may unpopular opinion, COVID has low-key been uh, a blessing to me. <laughs> Follow me for a minute. I know it's not good, a pandemic isn't good, and yes, I miss hugging my family and friends. I do, truly I do. But like it's also allowed me to um reconnect with my church family from home. The church family that I grew up with, uh, the church family that my family has been a part of for generations and generations. And um, if it wasn't for COVID, they wouldn't be on Zoom. And if they weren't on Zoom, I wouldn't be able to join them from Georgia. And so it really has been a blessing to me. And I appreciate the pastor for allowing me to preach Sunday school, preach Sunday school, teach Sunday school, a little bit of both but this past week um they we have a thing called a sankofa in the in the book and it's looking back at the past so you can you know give you guidance for the future by by looking at back at the past and this time the sankofa was about sojourner truth now sojourner truth was a, formal sl- a former slave and when she became free she became an advocate for human rights for women's rights she was instrumental in r- women getting the right to vote And many other things. She also was instrumental in uh, advocating against slavery and freeing other slaves. And I'm thinking about her and I'm also thinking about Harriet Tubman and how they both dedicated their lives to freeing others. And it goes back to that notion, free people, free people. These two women were free to the highest level that they were able to go back and free others. And now while they were also they were able to free people's bodies, right? But there's also the work of uh, freeing your mind and freeing your spirit, you know, free your mind and the rest will follow. Okay, I had to had to do it. It was too perfect. (laughs) But there's a notion of of, of freeing your mind and your spirit, too. And that that takes a little bit of work. And that work also goes back to uh, setting your own boundaries by knowing your own core values. So me, I want to be free to the ultimate highest level. So I sat down this week and I wrote down my core values and I'm going to keep those in front of me and make sure that everything I do, the decisions that I make are in line with these core values. Now, my initial list had uh, 10 on them, but my counselor helped me whittle them down to five and my five core values yeah, I'll share them with you. Five core values are wisdom, knowledge, competency, love, and trust trustworthiness. In no particular order, but that's the way. Those are the core values values that I'm setting for myself. The initial list also had honesty, integrity, friendship, loyalty, humor, consideration, and efficiency involved in them. But I, I whittled it down to the five because I wanted a, a small number that I can remember and so I can keep it at the forefront of my b- mind and continue to make decisions about it. And not that honesty, integrity, and loyalty, not that those aren't important, I was able to whittle them down because I felt that honesty and integrity are encompassed in trustworthiness. I felt that consideration and loyalty are, and friendship can all be wrapped up into love, doing things with love. And I mean that the first Corinthians um, definition of love, being patient, kind, not boastful, envious, or proud, or rude is more to that. But yeah, so that's what love encompasses all of those things. And um, humor, Eh, I feel like that didn't need to be a core value. I feel like that's just gonna happen anyway, regardless, because that's just how my life is set up. And efficiency. I initially put efficiency on here because inefficiency stresses me out. It makes me a little anxious when I see something and I see somebody doing something in the most inefficient manner. It 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 honestly bothers me. Like I go to like picking at my eyebrow. I get, I pick at my eyebrow when I get anxious. But oh, tell them the secrets. But that really bothers me. Is if when people are inefficient. But then I realized, you know, efficiency. Is not always the best way. Just because it's efficient doesn't mean it's always the best. So I scratch that off, and I, and I'm using wisdom. Trump that with wisdom, because if you think about the children in Israel, not uh, the Israelites, right? When they were leaving Egypt, Exodus, um, the initial journey should have only taken them a few days from Egypt to the Promised Land, but they would have had to fight many battles on their way, and God did not think they were ready. God in his infinite wisdom knew that they were not ready to fight battles because if they had encountered war, they would have given up and gone back to Egypt. So God in his infinite wisdom took them around through the wilderness. Now around through the wilderness, not the most efficient way, but it was the wisest way to do things. So that's why I chose wisdom over efficiency. And of course, Knowledge, because it's just important I feel like that's I feel like that's self explanatory don't be out here being dumb like just don't be stupid get some get some knowledge for yourself and then get some knowledge and then use it then actually act on it aka wisdom and then competency that 's another thing that stresses me out when people are incompetent like uh I just can't I can't deal. I can't stand incompetence. So that's a core be- value of mine is to not be that person, to not do the things that bother me to death, especially in a workplace. Oh, gosh, incompetence. I can't. Anywho, I digress. So those are my core, bi- core values. And uh, yeah, so that's my, my journey in seeking true freedom. Well, folks, that's enough to think about for now. You can find me on Instagram at 1 800 underscore Colette. That's 1 800 underscore C O L E T T E. Send me your questions, your comments, uh, a topic you'd like to hear my thoughts on, anything. I'd love to get your feedback. And thanks for kicking it with me. Bye now. Free your mind and the rest will follow.